This is episode 119 of Two Views Movies on Ford v. Ferrari. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are talking about Ford v. Ferrari. Are you are you calling it Ford v. Ferrari or Ford versus Ferrari? I have only referred to it as Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, I, I did too, and then I noticed that there wasn't an S. There's and, no S. Right, and that's kind of like Batman... V Superman, which I always called Batman versus Superman, but as did everybody else in the world. Okay, so what, I mean, do we do we? You may know have what... said B BVS, but <laughs> right. uh, but you definitely said Batman versus Superman. I mean, what is the rationale behind leaving off the S if people are just going to call it versus anyways? Maybe it's Italian. <laughs> I, I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no idea. I have no okay. idea. All right. Well, enough grammar for today. Uh, <laughs> we have. Openings for sponsorship. If you've been listening long enough, you know that we have had several sponsors throughout the life of the podcast. But coming up in was it January? We'll have an January. opening. January. January, yeah. yeah. We will have an opening for sponsorship starting in 2020. So if you are interested in sponsoring the podcast and having us read or say anything you would like, essentially, or giving us a ad of some kind that you would like us to play, we are more than willing to do so. Just reach out to us either on Twitter or you can email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. But we are booked up for December, but January is open if you are interested. I did have somebody ask me, you know, if we sponsor, can I have you guys say whatever I want? And, I, you know, I told them for the right price, we'll do just about anything. That's right. I have no qualms about that. I mean, no. it, people are going to know. Bought. Right. People are going to know that it's you who made us say this. So, like, I feel like I'm off the hook there. Right. Like, I could say something really you know, embarrassing or bad. But, I mean, you know, it's sponsored by this guy. This guy made me say it. So, I'll do it. Is that our cop out? Yeah, I think so. I think it has okay. to Okay. Okay. And so if we say something stupid on here, we'll just say our sponsor made us do it. Yes, exactly. I think that's the cop out. Hey, then we'll really test the uh, no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, there you go. All right. So let's get into Ford v. Ferrari. American car designer Carol Shelby and the British born driver Ken Miles work together to battle corporate interference, the laws of physics, and their own personal demons to build a revolutionary race car for Ford Motor Company and take on the dominating race cars of Enzo Ferrari at the 24 Hours of Le Mans in France in 1966. Directed by James Mangold, which I'm going to read a bunch of his movies. I knew he did Logan. I didn't know he did a bunch of this other stuff, so I'm curious to know whether you knew all of this as well. So, Logan, The Wolverine, Walk the Line, Copland, 310 to Yuma, Girl Interrupted, Night and Day. He's got a few others there too, but did you know he was that guy? Uh, Well, I knew Wolverine and Logan, Mm -hmm. and uh, 310 to Yuma. Okay. And that, the rest of them I did not yeah, I, I think the one that, well, two really surprised me, because uh, I don't really care about Girl Interrupted or Night and Day. Walk the Line, I, I, I don't know how I didn't know that. And then uh, Copland, which is from way back when. Yeah, he was making movies then, apparently. I thought he was more of a, a newcomer. Yeah, same here. I, I didn't know that. So 
one of those things that uh, despite watching, having seen virtually all those movies, just never really realized that that was him, you know, behind the camera. Well, none of none of those are really, you know, hey, who directed that? You know, no, but I mean, we read enough about movies and just know enough about movies in general that I'm just shocked that I didn't realize we we didn't you know that roll that through his before. filmography before. Right. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Who's this guy doing Logan? You know, I want to see what he's done. It, well, and I mean, Walk the Line was crazy popular, and I mean, we at least are aware of Three Ten to Yuma and have seen Copland. So I don't know. It just feels like I should have known that. Like once, I always feel weird when I check out a director's filmography. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I know like all of these. How do I not know that it was him doing this? Well, that's fair. All right, the cast: Matt Damon, Christian Bale, John Bernthal, Tracy Letts, Noah Jupe, and Josh Lucas. Where do we want to start on this one? Um, I have some overall thoughts in general, but I'm curious as to where you're at. Well, I'm going to go with, did you know the story prior to going in? No, I didn't. And I purposely chose to not look into it. I agreed. Same. Same here. So I'm not a, I'm not a big car guy, not a big racing guy. So as far as the history of the sport and cars, uh, like I know who Shelby is. Um, I know who all the, the characters are in this, but I didn't know what had happened. Yeah, agreed. And I have a buddy of mine at work who is a big car guy and knew the story. And when we first started seeing trailers for this, he's like, oh, yeah, I know the story. I was like, no, 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 I, I don't, I don't want to know. Because at this point, I already don't know it, and I'd rather just keep it that way for the movie. Yeah, so that, I thought that definitely helped my viewing pleasure is it was all new to me. While it was a true story, um, I didn't know where it was going to go. I mean, you kind of have a general idea, right? Like, I guess I just sort of feel like they're not going to tell a story, most likely, that ends with them not winning LeMond, right. even though I mean, that kind of is what happens, you know? But, I mean, I don't think they're going to make a movie Ford v. Ferrari and Ford doesn't come out on top, unless it's just, you know, insanely riveting or whatever. So yeah. I feel like you kind of have an idea. Like, oop, Ferrari won again. <laughs> right it wasn't even close no. they crashed on that too right so i mean you can obviously read between the lines there about what you think is going to happen but yeah I, I appreciated going in blind on this one which i think does make true stories more enjoyable from a movie standpoint but i know we've talked about this in the past i, I don't necessarily see that as a prerequisite of any kind like i i almost think it's more impressive when you know the story and they still do a really good job of telling it um, because you have that, you don't have that element of surprise or, or not knowing. Uh, but I did enjoy not knowing anything about this going into sure, it. Sure. But it definitely hurts the story if you already know the ending, but if you can overcome that, then yeah, that makes it even better movie. Right. It's always better to hear something or experience something for the first time. Cause you can never duplicate that. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So general thoughts, what, what were you feeling walking out of this movie? Walking out? Um, no, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought uh, there were... Actually, the, the one thought that I had in my head is I still didn't quite understand um, the how the 24 hours worked. I don't think they did a great, <laughs> right. great job of presenting that because you know, it's my understanding, based on the one guy getting out of the car and letting him get back in, is that there was a team of what four guys that were racing the same car? Is it? I truthfully, it didn't make it clear. I thought there was maybe two. Well, we only saw one of the other ones, but I thought it was like a team right. of four. 
Maybe it's not. Maybe it's two guys. And you, I don't know. And see, and that, and that's, that's the part that I don't know. Not only did I not know really how it worked, I, I was surprised that we never met any of the other team members. I know it wasn't about right. them, but they're part of the team. We met the pit crew. Why not the other drivers doing this? Yeah. And I think it wouldn't have been very hard to do that, right? Like all you would have had to have happen in the movie is one of the team say something like, well, you know, uh, Ken's got to be in the car for, you know, 18 out of the 24 hours. He gets an hour break every two, whatever, you know, like you could have it be such a throwaway line to at least give you some sort of context because yeah, I agree with you when it opened with Matt Damon in that flashback and the 24 hours of Le Mans is like, Oh my God, somebody's got to drive for 24 hours straight. And then you find out later that's not the case, but you don't really know how much not the case it is. Yeah, and even when he's talking about it, of no, you have to drive for 24 hours. I'm like, gosh, that, that's insane, and that's not the case. But we also don't know how less of 24 hours it is. Yeah, and, and it's like, oh, he's napping in the in the corner there. Like, well, how how long is that? Is that a 30 minute nap? Right. Is that an hour nap? I mean. I think now I do think they said something like that made me think it was like a couple of hours. So I don't know what made me think that, but I feel like at some point Christian Bale came out and maybe it was when they did the 24 hour race in Daytona. And he said something like, I've just, I've only got a couple of hours to his wife on the phone or something like that. So that made me think that the breaks are a couple of hours, but I don't know if it's like, surely it can't be an even split. Like say if there's two drivers, it can't be 12, 12 because then why does Ken miles get all the credit? Right. So I don't know. That's a very good point. And I think it's something that could have been easily uh, solvable. Because, I mean, that's kind of a shot at the the poor guys that did drive that, that weren't ever mentioned. Yeah. At least throw their name out there and have them out there (laughs) at some point. No, I agree with that. Um, I, I actually think I would like to expand on your point a little bit more and say that generally speaking, one of the problems I had with the movie which I liked. I definitely liked it. I guess I found myself a little bit disoriented at times with some of those details that seemed to be lacking throughout the movie. And I think you touched on one that maybe I didn't even realize until now was something that was bothering me that, that I didn't really understand Lamont. But then one of the other things that bothered me was I didn't really get a sense for Carol Shelby. Like, I feel like we got a good idea of who Ken Miles was, but with Shelby, like I know he won Le Mans. I, I I'm assuming that at the time we meet him, he is some kind of good car designer, but in one hand, he's like selling cars out of a dumpy garage. It seemed like at one point, but then later on in the movie, he's got a company at a hangar with all these fancy sports cars did you catch that at all? Yeah, I kind of figured that was the blank check written by Ford. Okay. To prop prop him up for whatever he needed to do and that reputation. Because even the, the car that he was selling was a nice sports car. Right. Even though, even though he, he only had one of them that he sold three times. Yeah, yeah. And so... Okay. I, 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 I mean, that, that very well... Yeah, that very well may be. I guess I just found myself at certain times like kind of... I wasn't ever really lost in the movie, like scratching my head, like, wait, what's happening? It's more of like, there's this anchored story about the relationship between Shelby and Miles and Ford and Ferrari. And I get that. But some of like the ancillary details were just a little too loose and not very tight for me. Um, Like I said, your race was a good one. And I think this other point about me just not really getting a sense for 
why Shelby is so revered or like what his career path was going into this and even kind of, I don't know, I just felt like I needed a little bit more tightness around that core story to, to really make me focus in. And, and that didn't have that. Well, and I think, no, I, I, I get what you're saying on, on Shelby's character. I thought his was, was fine. Uh, I got that he was an ex driver and that he couldn't drive anymore medically. Um, and that's, he was basically like uh, miles, but had, he just went to the design piece of it and I guess, mm-hmm. and could sell. Um, and so he was a salesman. That's, that's more of what I gathered from his character is he was able to sell himself uh, as a designer, I guess. For sure. Uh, yeah. And so that's, that's what I, I got from him. Uh, but going back to the, you mentioned the really fleshed out to understand what's going on in the racing world, him sitting with his son going through the track, I think would have mm-hmm. been a great time to say how it all works. You know, uh, no, I'll get out after six hours, you know, and the, <laughs> sure, yeah. you know, you know, so sometime I'm sure his son knew cause he did the whole track, but it, it's like one of those times where he, it would been an easy thing to explain um, who the guys are that are hopping in and how long they'll be in and how much he actually drives. That'd have been a good, good thing to add to his little cornering speech. Oh yeah. That, yeah. I think there's plenty of opportunities to, to squeeze that in. And I think it just would have given the audience a little bit more of an understanding for what that is, especially because it's so different. Like they make several references to NASCAR and I, I know this movie is going to be international. Um, so I'm not trying to make it, you know, America centric, but I will say the majority of American audiences at least are not going to be familiar with Le Mans and the rules and how that goes. And I think that would have been, I guess I agree with you. I think you get a lot of value out of one or two throwaway lines. Right. Right. Just, just yeah. kind of explain it. And so uh, I saw Midway the, this week as well, and I felt like it, it had the same issue of you it's they're intense moments, but you don't really know what's happening at the same time. And so it's mm-hmm. hard to get fully invested when you, you don't know how the, the race is going. Like, right. Oh, what? he has to pass him twice. Okay. So he's behind, you know, but then you said he's a whole couple laps ahead of his teammates. You know, like, I just don't know what's happening right now. Where, where are the rest of these cars? Yeah, I, and I got that piece of it. Just, but I I see your point. I think uh, I think there could have been some tightening up of some of those details across the board, and that really would have helped. Um, it, it wasn't a huge distractor or detractor, I guess, but it, it's something that could change a movie from being, um, you know, maybe a half star lower or something like that. I mean, I, I got when he was winning and when he was losing because they they told us, and and I'm thankful for that. I just like you said, the details of how the race works. Uh, yeah, would have, would have been nice. I did think it's funny. I, I say I like this movie, but I'm I'm coming out the gate with a couple of issues with it. But I did think it was a little slow in the beginning, like the first thirty minutes. I don't know. I kind of lose track of time when a movie's two and a half hours long. I'm going to say about the first thirty minutes, basically up until Ferrari uh, screws Ford and goes with Fiat instead. I was feeling like, okay, come on guys, let's, let's get going. I know this is a race car movie, but we need to kind of get going. Um, but then I felt like once it finally got going, it did a really good job of keeping things at a good pace. Like I never felt like it slowed down. 
it either just kept building up or it stayed uh, at least even, never really had any lulls. But that first 30 minutes, I think, could have used, uh, I don't know if shortening uh, it would be the right thing, but uh, at least tightening up. Uh, I I don't know if I agree with that. I may on a second viewing. Uh, I was pretty invested in what was going on uh, to build up to it. I like the um, the back and forth between uh, Ferrari and the Punisher. You know that how, mm-hmm. how that how yeah. that all went down. Um, I like that that was basically using him, using Ford. Uh, and again, I didn't right. know any of that any of that story of how that would have gone down. I thought it was just going to be the sticking point of him having control that they wouldn't give up. But I feel like that was going to happen no matter what. And I, I like that scene. I I'm just saying that the stuff leading up to that just felt a little sluggish to me. Did you need to know, uh, miles background of being bankrupt or any of that? Do you feel like that added anything? Mm, I mean, kind of because I felt like, I felt like it gets to some of his motivations because, you know, his wife makes it a point that they've sacrificed so much for him to be around cars and involved with racing that it's even led to them being bankrupt, but it's, but she doesn't resent him for it. She knows that he has to do it and that if he doesn't, he won't be the same guy. So I think that speaks a lot to his character motivations. I don't think you should get rid of that. I I definitely think it helps you give you a, a better understanding of, how this guy was wired and why he needed to do what he did. So I like it. I, I'd say keep it. Well, and the the wife confused me because it seemed like she was very supportive at for when he quit, very supportive mm-hmm. of his racing when he quit and like wanted him to keep racing. And then the whole scene within the car, she was yelling at him about racing and I know she mentioned mm-hmm. don't lie to me, but it feels like she was against him racing at that point. Like I didn't get when she was, you know, running off the road and all that. Yeah. And I think he even, he addresses that directly, right? He's like, I don't understand what it is you want me to do. Uh, because I think he was kind of feeling the same thing, whether he should keep racing or not. So I, I thought the answer was that she was just mad that he was lying to her. Like she's supportive of him doing the racing if he's just going to be upfront and honest about what that means for them and their family. But, you know, it's even better that he could go help do cars and racing and get paid for it. Dude, you love. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think the one thing we have to really talk about is the acting all around, because while there is all of the racing aspect that's going on, and I think those are shot really well. And I liked everything about all the racing. Um, it's really dry. This movie is really driven by the acting and the the characters that are in it. And I'm assuming since you liked the movie that you thought both Matt Damon and Christian Bale did a good job, but um, I know I did, but what were your thoughts on, on those two guys? No, I thought they both did, did really well. Um, I really struggled a little spoiler with the uh, character swap in this. Uh, Cause I thought there wasn't really a, a weak link. Um, Mm-hmm. in this whole cast. I thought everybody everybody did what I felt they were supposed to portray. Right. And so uh that's that's why I like this movie so much is I I felt like everybody was was right for their their role. Yeah, definitely 
great casting all around. Uh, I kind of cringed a little bit when Josh Lucas showed up on the screen because I just don't like that guy. <laughs> but uh, he played a really good, unlikable guy. You're, you're supposed to not like him. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I got to think, I would love to do some reading on this because his character was a little over the top. I can't imagine that's exactly how it went, which I know they all take liberties with these stories, but he was so dickish that it almost seemed like it was just written a bit thick, I guess. So do you think, so So here's coming back to the reality versus the story of how much, because it didn't really paint Ford in the best light. Nope. And how much do you think that they pushed off onto that character? Like, how much do you think that was Ford doing that? And they said, well, let's make it this right-hand guy that he was the mastermind behind the, all the things that went wrong. Yeah, I I don't know. I really don't have any good thoughts on that because I don't know. I think it's highly probable or possible that they, they shifted some of that over to Josh Lucas. I mean, they didn't make Ford the best guy in the world, right? right. I mean, he still was curt and crass and arrogant and a dick, but you know they still gave some of that over to to Josh Lucas as well. And I mean, by contrast, they gave John Bernthal all the like good stuff, but they didn't make for the villain. No. When in reality he might've been, you know, true. Like all those orders could have came from him, but they made it all sound like, uh, they weren't his ideas. He was just more going along with it type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, it'd be very interesting to, to read about all of this because, uh, I think these characters are all interesting, and it's a recent history. I, I would be fascinated to find out how much of this is real versus stretched. But um, yeah, so going back to the acting, though, uh, yeah, Bale and Matt Damon were both fantastic. I thought they played off of each other well. If I had to pick one, uh, I would say Bale probably did the better performance. I think he got a chance to be a little bit more dynamic just because of his character. The guy was kind of a wild card, whereas Shelby had to keep it under control because he played the corporate game a little bit better. So I think Bale just got more opportunities to shine. Bernthal was good. Lucas was good. The guy who played Henry Ford was good. Even the, uh, was the guy Pops was the mechanic guy. Right. I like that yep. guy. Um, yeah, nobody was really bad in this movie. And I think that, I think it's a good script. Even his kid, it was, you know, it's yeah. easy to point out yeah. a child actor for, for sucking. And the, he held his own. Yeah, across the board, I think it was just solid acting all around. Now, do I think it's good enough to get anybody a nomination? Uh, this year, maybe. We haven't seen a lot of great performances. Yeah, for sure. We're going to have to address that later on because, you know, in a down year, maybe. I, I guess I just have a hard time seeing Damon getting anything. If anybody gets it from here, it's going to be Bale. Oh, I agree. I agree with that. But even then, like, I didn't walk away... Because his character in this kind of reminded me a little bit of the fighter, kinda, <laughs> thought, you know, a little bit of a squirrely guy. I thought the same thing, you know. Yeah, and I think he kind of looks like he did in the fighter too, because he's skinny through the face and stuff like that. But, um, but I walked out of the fighter thinking like, oh yeah, Christian Bale's getting a nomination for this. And with this, one, I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe in a down year he gets one. And I think that's exactly where we're at. And uh, he'll go up against uh, the Joker, Batman versus the Joker. Yeah, I would be interested, though, to see... I guess they would put him up for best actor if they were going to do it, as opposed to supporting. Um, I, I don't, I'd don't. i have to really think about that. I would but. think Matt Damon would get supporting. Yeah, 
I, I wonder how much jockeying there is on those things where if you know that you're not going to win up against Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Joaquin's got this kind of lockdown, so let's slide bail in at supporting. <laughs> so no, no, I think we're both on the same page when it comes to actors. Okay. So then I guess the next thing we need to tackle is the actual racing. Uh, I felt like it was shot incredibly well. Uh, there was a couple of scenes that I felt were CGI, but I'm not quite sure if they were. So I hate saying definitively that they were. And a lot of times the ones that I thought were CGI were when you're getting like the side shot of the car as it's driving fast. Um, those are the only times where I was like, that feels like CGI. But every other time I felt like it was actual camera work capturing all of this. But I, I loved uh, especially the sound. I thought the sound was incredible, which I think is a must in racing movies. Like you've got to be able to feel the cars and you should uh, you should be able to feel like the seat's rumbling whenever, whenever the cars are starting up. So I liked everything about the racing stuff. It didn't really do anything, I guess, that I found to be unique or groundbreaking. It just was done really well. Did you feel like you were going 210 miles an hour? On a couple of scenes, yes. I guess I always feel I feel that way a little bit on the the opening when Matt Damon had the flashbacks to him driving Lamont. I felt like that was fast. And there's a couple of shots they do when Bale's driving in the last race where I feel like you can actually feel that. I think you lose sense of it though when you go to some of those like parallel or you know side shot views of the car. Um because it just, I feel like the camera's moving with the car, so you don't get that perception. Whereas if you go like first person, you get it a little bit more. So yeah, there were moments where I felt it. Yeah, see, I, that's that's kind of my takeaway. I really enjoyed the racing scenes, but I didn't feel like I felt the racing scenes. Like I was, I was mm-hmm. tense for him wanting to, uh, wanting to win, you know, and, and wondering what's going on there. But I didn't. Uh, I think like there's other movies, uh, which I think is a worse movie which we may talk about later. I think it's a worse movie, but I think they did the racing better in Rush. Mm-hmm. Like I, I felt like Rush, I felt like I was in the car with them and the, as fast as they were going. Yeah, I love Rush. I think it's one of the most underrated movies of probably like the last 10 years. And I, but that specific point, I don't know. I'd have to go back and revisit. It's been a while since I've watched it. And I may be speaking at a turn because it has been a while. But I remember that's what I, I left the theater thinking, uh, I felt like we were, we were racing. I don't know. I, I should go revisit that because I, I feel like that's something that's very hard to translate in film is just how fast these things are going. And that's why I think the first person view at least helps you a little bit. I did think that this movie did a really good job of capturing, if not the speed, then the maneuvers that Ken was doing every time he was driving. I felt like I always had a good sense for like, you know, whether he's going inside or outside or high or low or how he's hitting the corners. Like I always felt like that was captured very well and edited well to the point where it wasn't like I have no sense for what's happening in the car, which I think can sometimes happen in car movies because you're, you're constantly cutting to like the guy shifting gears or hitting the brakes or whatever. And while this movie did some of that, I, I didn't lose what was happening in the race. No, I can, I agree with that. But I do think the one of the best scenes that, that you could feel because I – because you weren't a driver, you're a passenger, was when Henry Ford was in the car with him. Yep. And then and sure. then you felt kind of like he did, because he was, you, mm-hmm. you could read him when, you know, Christian Bale is, is supposed to be cool, calm, and collected. You, you don't feel how intense it is, <laughs> you yeah. know, because he's, he's not showing it. But when you have the other passenger and he's, 
you know, hooting and hollering and crying, you know, and they're, they're <laughs> sort of flinging around the, the airport, you know, that, that kind of gave you a sense of, man, they're really moving. I, I definitely do agree with that. I, I do kind of wish that maybe after he did the walkthrough with his son that you had mentioned, I wish maybe we had gotten some kind of view, like first person of him seeing those things, like from his point of view. And I don't know how you would do that necessarily, but his uh his breathing technique that they do a couple of times in the movie reminded me of uh for the love of the game you know they clear the mechanism because he <laughs> he gets real calm and i thought that would have been a good opportunity to like you know he talks to his son about seeing this crack in the road and that's his indicator for when he's going to downshift and go into the turn well i think that would have been cool if he was doing that breathing and then it somehow you can see that through his eyes like here's where he's turning now he's downshifting going so you get a sense for the technical aspects of him driving through this. Cause especially with all the talk about he's always looking for the perfect lap and always striving to do that. Like, I think it would have been cool to be able to see some of that from his perspective, but that's an area of filmmaking that I'm not sure how you'd pull that off, but I would have liked to have seen it on screen. I, I thought the same thing when he was talking about the vision, uh, one for love of the game, but two, I thought we've seen that in like, whether that was, I don't know if that was in, in rush, but I feel like it was in driver. With Stallone, you, you <laughs> yeah, know, driven, driven. Excuse me, Dri- drivers, yeah. baby goose. Yeah, driven. No, that's just drive. Come he's, on, there's got to be a driver. There's out no, there. He he's the driver. He's the driver and, of driven. But it's <laughs> well, no, baby goose is in drive, yes. and he's just called the driver. And then Stallone is in driven, which yes, also I, they did do some kind of <laughs> right. They did some kind of slow motion mechanism, but it it didn't. Or work. It kind of blurs the outside of the screen and, and focuses. Yes. Uh, and I I actually hope that they weren't going to do that. I know you, you agreed. That, well, you just said that you wanted to see it. No, no, I'm saying I want to see it in a good way. I don't want to like I didn't necessarily need like enhance the, on the crack. <laughs> right. I don't need like overly done CGI. Like even if it's just like him hearing his thoughts in his head or something like that, or, or the regurgitation of him telling his son like, okay, on this turn, there's a crack in the road. And then you can kind of get the sense of that's what's happening and then show him going through the, like, again, I think it's one of those that maybe you go down it in filmmaking, like, okay, maybe there's a, there's no good way to pull this off. So we're not going to do that. But I, if they could have done it and done it well, I think it would have been a nice addition to the movie. Yeah. I mean, similar to, what they started with, with Matt Damon, I felt like you were right there with him with the rain. I think mm-hmm. it might've been the rain or the, even the open, uh, the open cockpit. What do you call that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly what you call that, <laughs> but yes, I, I know what you're <laughs> it's, saying. It's the cockpit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the G again got that, that sense of, of speed, but, um, no, I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I don't know if it's because I saw a mess of crap leading up to this, um, but is that midway midway? Yeah, it's definitely a mess of crap, but there's, I mean, I don't feel like we've gotten a really decent movie. I mean, Terminator, I, I liked, but it's not good. You know, you get, you yeah. get good acting, you know, a good story. Now we haven't seen that. I mean, the Joker is the best thing that we've, we've gotten. And that was a, a little, a little blip, a little blip over yep. the past three months. And so I don't know if I'm in, inflating how good this is because of what I've seen around it. Or, uh, or it really was as good as I'm hoping. Yeah, I think it's solid. I think it's a it's a solid movie that, if I'm being honest, doesn't go out of its way to be different in in any way than a normal biopic. It it's pretty safe, but it's well done. 
So, I mean, I think it's going to be generally liked by most everybody who sees it. I think there should be few people that give it anything below a three. I think it's going to live somewhere between a three and a four for most people. Um, very little complaints. That it's just it's just a safe movie. That then there's nothing wrong with that. It's just solid and good and safe. Yeah, I think people are going to go five stars. Oh, I think I think some will. I'm just saying the if I had to lay money on where I thought the bulk would be, like on the you know if we're going to Letterboxd and we're seeing the little histogram of stuff, I would say it's probably going to be between three and a half and four and a half, and high centered on four. Interesting. Well, we'll get to what your star is here in a moment. Are we ready for that? I think so. <laughs> okay. Because I'm running out of things to say. <laughs> All right, then. Let's just get to it. I am Thor, son of Odin. And as long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? So what'd you rate it? I gave it a four. Okay. And again, I don't know if that's a... Uh... Uh, based on what I've seen lately, or really is a four, but uh, I left the theater thinking, you know, I that's a, a very well-made movie, and I enjoyed myself, and it didn't feel like two and a half hours to me. Um, and so that that comes into play when we sit down for one of these chores. Sure. It did feel a little long to me, but once it got going, it went pretty well. I'm at a four as well. Ah. I will say that if I had to... If you told me to get off of a four, I think I would be at three and a half more than I'd be at four and a half. I, I would agree with that. I, and I think that's why I was saying that I think everything's going to skew a little bit lower. But uh, yeah, again, I, I keep saying this word, but it was just solid. It was just a really good movie that isn't going to break the mold on anything. And you're not going to walk away feeling like it's something you've never seen before. But I think you'll have a good time and you'll enjoy it. And people will appreciate the acting and everything that goes into it. So, yeah, I, I'm in a, a solid four. So out of, that, out of those four stars, which was your favorite part? We talked about it earlier, which I, I think we tended to spoil most of what I've got coming up in this just because we, we talked about this stuff, but uh, it was Shelby taking Henry Ford around in the GT4. Oh, okay. I just thought that was fun. I thought it was good. There wasn't really a lot of like emotionally strong scenes that hit hard besides the ending, which I know we didn't talk about, but uh, yeah, that ending was a little bit of a gut punch, but yeah, I, I think that scene because of the, the plot that's around it, and, you know, Shelby says it's a risky move. He locks uh, Josh Lucas in the office, takes the guy around. The guy's crying. It's just, it's all sorts of cool. It, it was the my favorite moment, for sure. So I went with uh, the second to last lap. Okay. Because he was just told to basically lose the race, or at least mm-hmm. wait for everybody. And, you, could, you know, he had that look in his eye of, I could do whatever I want. You know, he mentions that. He's like, yeah, you can do it everywhere at your car. And so mm-hmm. he guns it. And I'm like, is he going to set some sort of all-time, you know, record? Which I guess he did for a lap. But I didn't know if he could. Yeah, he set the all-time lap record. But I didn't know if he was on pace for setting the all-time race record or anything like that. Gotcha. So I had no, no perspective of how that was going to go. Uh, even lapping. My other, my other thought was he was going to lap his teammates. You know, and then have yeah. them finish with him, but him winning. You know, and again, right. I didn't have a, a sense of how far back they were. You know, and they already said he was up a couple laps, so I wasn't sure how that was going to work. But I, in that moment, I was like, "He's going for it. This is really cool. I like it." Um, and so I think that's where my most 
intense piece of it. So that's, that's why that was my favorite part. Yeah, I get it. Did you think he was possibly going to burn out his engine doing no. that? No. Okay. <laughs> no, truly that never crossed my mind. Uh, it, oh, I actually wondered. I, I had thought, so my, my possibilities, once he started uh, slowing down and waiting for him, I thought one of them was going to be, you know, kind of an asshole and like barely cross in front of him. And so he wasn't, he uh-huh. wasn't going to win that way. I didn't think of, oh, they crossed exactly at the same time. And so it was based on how you started. Right. Um, I just thought somebody, there would be a photo finish and they, they eked him out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I figured he was going to lose based on that somehow, but I, I thought it was going to be. I was trying to think of different ways of how, how cool, what would I do? You know, it was like, if I'm trying to give a middle finger, but also comply at the same time, like, how how can you do that? I actually thought that his teammates would back off just a little bit, like out of a sign of respect. I thought so too. Yeah. But yeah, I I guess they didn't. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's cross together. Yeah. We can cross together, but you clearly in front of us. Right. Yes. That's kind of what I thought would happen. So what, was your least favorite or what are you uh changing uh i didn't have a lot to change about the movie but i i mentioned it earlier i just kind of wanted a better sense of who carol shelby was and his company when he says that he's going to potentially give his company to the fords if ken doesn't win the race i I didn't have any sense of what that really meant which i don't i guess you don't necessarily have to have it so i am kind of nitpicking here it just I don't know. I got kind of lost in all that. Like one minute he's working out of a garage, one minute he's in a hangar, and then he's willing to give his company to Ford. Which, if Ford was funding his company, I don't understand all the dynamics that happened there. So I just felt a little lost in all of that with him. And some clarity would have been good. Minor. Yeah, I don't think he. My understanding is that he wasn't a Ford company, but he was getting paid by Ford. Sure, that's how I I took it. But no, I I get what you're saying. Mine was, uh, which I mentioned earlier, was the scene with his wife driving the car <laughs> yeah i got like that that whole I, I didn't i didn't get it maybe it makes more sense the second time around but i was so thrown off um by what was going on and i i just i didn't get why he wouldn't have told her um i guess or why she was upset either way i, I like i yeah i i didn't get any of that I think it was the lying. I think she was mad still because she had no idea about the IRS stuff. So that was the problem there. It wasn't that he was racing and not making money. It's that he hadn't let her know that that was coming. And then I, I think my, at least my takeaway, like I said, was that it was all about the lie. Like if he wants to go race then let's go race, but let's make sure we're being honest about this and what it means for our family, as opposed to you sneaking off with Shelby in the middle of the night to go do racing. Okay. Well, yeah, either way I'd, I'd go ahead and nix, nix that. <laughs> okay. So this is a hard one. Yeah, this is real who'd, hard, and I, I hate what I had to do. Oh, okay. Who'd you swap out? Well, we do this a lot, but I'm not swapping out Matt Damon or Christian Bale, because okay. that's not happening. Okay. And then I'm not swapping out Josh Lucas, because I felt like he was good at what he did uh, in terms of being a jerk, and I don't like him, so that's fine. So then I'm really left, if I want anybody of consequence, I'm left with John Bernthal, who... I actually thought did really well. I don't have a problem with John Bernthal, but if we're having to make a casting change, I like him and I don't think he comes across as, um, I don't know when I see John Bernthal, I just don't think of the good guy marketing guru selling cars. So I just didn't, it was almost like he wasn't cast well, even though he did really well at it. Yeah. Um, 
And so I try to think of somebody that I find ultra businessy when I think of them as an actor. Okay. And this is stemming straight from Thank You for Smoking, but uh, I went with Aaron Eckhart. Wow. Eckhardt. Okay. Okay. No, I mean he he was <laughs> he was my my one of two. Okay. So I don't I don't argue with that at all because you So are you Wait, wait. You say one of two, so are you also swapping out John Bernthal? Yes. For yeah. the same reasons? Um, for a lack of another choice, I, I agree with everything that you said. I thought he okay. did, he did very well. Um, I think other people did their sp- spot on, but when I saw Punisher, you know, and that's just, that's just poor, poor typecasting, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. on my end of, I see Shane and I see you know, Shane exactly. from Dead and I, and I see Punisher and he hasn't quite broken that from me yet. Um, right. So that's why he he got my okay get him out of here. So uh, I went. My first track was what you did was marketing whatever, and that's I got the same thing, uh, same answer as you did because I just saw him in Midway. Who okay. did he did a fantastic job for the four minutes he was on screen in Midway. <laughs> okay, and, and so you know that was top of mind. Um, but then I looked up pictures, actual pictures. I did too. Uh, I did that too. <laughs> <laughs> and the closest I could come up with was uh, John C. Riley. Okay, uh, but I don't think he he acted quite like him, but he definitely sure. looked a whole lot more like him than uh, than Josh Bernthal. John Bernthal, come on! Damn it! Did I really just do that? <laughs> yeah, he looks like a Josh. Yeah, but safe to say, none of these guys look like the real Lee Iacocca. No. Okay. No. And really, even Shelby, when they showed the picture at the end. Oh yeah. Shelby was what twenty years older than uh, Matt Damon. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that was at an least, interesting. At least looked it. Yes. Yep. Okay. So, what award are you giving this movie? I struggle with this because um, I was going best best racing movie of the year, but couldn't think of another racing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it all around. Uh, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed everything that it did uh and i feel like i'm missing something in my head when i give it this but i <laughs> i went with uh the best real life telling of a story this year so best true story best true story and i feel like i'm missing something that <clears throat> that came out this year I'm like, oh yep but then again i also this is tentative because, <laughs> because sure. we have next week, right? Or two weeks oh, well, from now? Yeah, I mean, yes. Well, no, it's next, next week, week, right? The Won't You Be My Neighbor? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't know that I could say that for me. You haven't seen Rocket Man, have you? I have not seen Rocket Man. Okay. And Apollo 11 doesn't count because that's a documentary. But you think, yeah, I, you think this is... You think Rocket Man is better than this? Uh, yeah, I like Rocket Man better than this. They're both four star movies, but if I had to pick one, I would pick Rocket Man. I don't believe the Joker was real. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure if it. that actually happened. Right. Okay. Um, so, what'd you give it? I mentioned this earlier. I am going with, and I know you'll you'll scoff at this because whatever. But it's I'm giving it the best sound design of 2019, and I think the only movie <laughs> that could beat that this year is going to be 1917. Well, it wasn't Midway. 
<laughs> no, I would expect not. <laughs> but uh, like, I can tell a good movie when it has good sound. Like First Man had really good sound. I mean, we mentioned Rush before. That movie has really good sound. I think it's kind of like if I'm going to watch a movie about like the next Top Gun, that should probably be one of the better sound designs in any movie because you need to feel that stuff that happens. And I think they did a fantastic job of that, capturing all the sounds of car racing. So I enjoyed that. I don't have one to to dispute that off the top of my head because sound design is not where I usually go. Well, but and I, I think you it don't. did it it did have great sound. So yeah, okay. I I don't think you do in most movies. Like I would say from some of the stuff we've seen this year, like the ones that I would think you should be able to recognize sound in would be stuff like Ad Astra, uh, Godzilla. I mean, those are the kinds of movies where I think you might pay attention to it or at least notice it but like if we're talking once upon a time in hollywood like no there's really no reason for you to notice sound design in once upon a time in hollywood i did enjoy godzilla's music and sound well and that's a little bit different okay yes (laughs) (laughs) all right so are we both going with the same one that we've been referencing the whole time if you like this Uh, movie you would also like rush yeah yeah okay yeah i don't see how you avoid that it it parallels pretty pretty well. Yep. But yeah, if it you really haven't does. seen it, if you haven't seen it. Go look up Thor in Rush yep. with uh, Baron Zemo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's super underrated. And when you think of who directed it, Ron Howard, it's not what you think of when you think of Ron Howard movies. So I I was really blown away the first time I watched that because I think I went into it thinking, eh, Formula One. You know, Chris Hemsworth isn't really all that good outside of Thor. This was back when, though. Like, maybe he only had one Thor under his belt. And then, like, Ron Howard. I was like, all right, I guess. And then I watched it, and I was like, man, that was fantastic. Disclaimer, I didn't enjoy it as much as you did. But I do think it it parallels quite well to this. If you like this, I think you're going to like that. Yep. I am with you. All right, that does it for our episode on Ford v. Ferrari. Next week, it is Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers, I believe. And how is that going to miss? I don't know. Although I will be very interested to see whether you and I like it as much as we liked the documentary from last year. I I find it hard to compare to that. Oh, yeah, very hard comparison, for sure. No, I mean, I feel like it. there's no chance in hell it's going to give me the feels like that did. Yeah. I don't know, though. I mean, it's good. I know you don't like Tom Hanks, but I think uh, <laughs> I think it's ripe for opportunities to be great in a different way. But yeah, that, that documentary was just a tearjerker. That was so good. Go see that. Yep. I would, I would say go Listeners. see that before you see this. I'd go see that before you go see Rush. <laughs> yes. Ag- agreed. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right, Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. All right, you can find me at at Two Views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on all the socials like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at at Two Views Movies. And you can always email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen, Apple, Google, Spotify. If you're on Apple, be sure to leave a review. It helps spread the word of the show. And then that's it. We will catch you next time with Mr. Rogers, Tom Hanks. What's the name of that movie? Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? That sounds about right. We're going to go with that. That's what we're doing next week. (laughs) All right. We'll catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? 
Bitabo.